0: Hey guys, TJ here. This episode is going to be extremely powerful for you if you are looking to leave a perfectionist religious mentality that comes from that religious spirit of, I need to prove my worth to God, prove my acceptance to God, prove my, you insert the blank, to God. And that might show up in your life by trying to prove something to other people. This is a very common thing that we experience. And uh, when we run into cycles or patterns, which you'll hear about in this conversation, we need to at least take a step back and evaluate, hey, is this cycle or pattern uh, something that I need to bring to God? Is it something that is actually informing me about the way that I view God? Is there a different way to approach not just my life, but my relationship with God, my relationship with the Lord? And I think for a lot of people, they've had a difficult time parsing out the people in their life from God himself. So if this is making sense to you, you have so much value in this episode. You'll hear from Adelaide, a longtime friend, client who has an, an incredible story of her journey navigating through a lot of the things that I'm sharing. So if you get value, please, please share this with somebody who needs to hear it. Listen to it with somebody in your family, send it to a coworker or a friend, Leave a rating or review if you appreciate and receive value from this. Thanks for being here, guys. I appreciate you. Welcome, everybody. I have a longtime friend. I have a longtime friend, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody I've actually been working with for for a while in a client relationship. Um, but really, Adelaide, you've become uh, a good friend of ours uh, of Savannah and I both, and we're just grateful. You know, everybody everybody who's watching, um, we're grateful, but I know specifically, I'm grateful to, uh, have your friendship in our lives and, um, and also just really have you be able to share authentically tonight on the topic of healthy spirituality, which will have many different, uh, many different trails that we can go down as, as you're well aware. But, um, but this is something that I specifically think about when I think about you, your journey. And some of the things that you've navigated with the Lord um, through taking personal ownership of your life, uh, through surrendering, uh, navigating things that are very challenging for a lot of people. Uh, and um, anyway, so I'm just glad you're here, and I'd love to introduce you, uh, let you share a little bit more about who you are, where you are, all of that before we get started uh, tonight. So, so just share with everybody who's here um, more about yourself, so they can get an understanding of who you are.
1: Absolutely. First off, I want to say thank you so much for bringing me on today to talk. This is awesome. You know, it's so funny to me because, and I just love this. I love that I'm having this conversation here in my childhood home. <laughs> I just, oh, and I want to share more about my story later, but it is so cool that I'm having this type of conversation here in my childhood home. And it just shows that like, hey, there's some tough stuff that happened growing up, but God is a redeemer, you know, he redeems. And so now I'm able to, to have these type of conversations um, and just look back and see how much I've grown and how much he has worked through me. So, but as TJ was mentioning, my name is Adelaide Freeman. I am originally from Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm actually here in Nashville today at my childhood home, and we started We first met, I first met TJ back in New York, I wanna say six years ago. And and I was in New York City. I was a whole different industry, whole different mindset actually in fashion. I was an evening wear designer at the time. And then um, spent about six years in New York City. And then the Lord actually called me out of New York City to move to Dallas, Texas, Moved moved to Dallas. When I was in Dallas, that's when TJ and I started working together. And now he has brought me back here to Nashville. He as in the Holy Spirit. I want to make that clarification. As in the Holy Spirit, brought me back to Nashville. And now I am working um, as an influencer marketing agency. And I'm partnering up brands and companies with influencers. So that is the that's the 60 second version. That's the that's the 60 second version. So
0: Oh, that's a good. No, I mean it's impressive that you were able to uh, that you're able to fit that much into such a short time. Because just knowing so many different aspects of that journey, you know, it wasn't like uh, the switch flipped and you were just totally like, okay, I'm gonna leave New York and drop everything that I was pursuing here, and it's gonna be really easy, and I'm gonna navigate this switch to a new city and then actually go back to Nashville and I'm going to listen to the Lord while I'm doing it. And it's all going to be fine. Like it wasn't, right. it wasn't that easy for you. Was it as you're navigating that journey?
1: Not at all. Not at all. And there was a lot of times I was doubting if I was even, if I was even doing, if I was even in the Lord's will, you know, if I was even hearing from the Holy Spirit correctly and if I was doing the right thing. So yeah, yeah I that think was that's a
0: challenge a- for sure that's a great starting point adelaide because i think a lot of people struggle with that in the past couple weeks maybe two weeks ago or three weeks ago we were talking about the lord's will and what that actually means and just separating his unalterable will from his will out of the desire of his heart in other words there are things that happen on earth that are not in the desires of his heart he doesn't want to Mm -hmm. see his children fight each other he doesn't want to see people die that's not an original design But that happens, and so it's this conflict that we can feel inside, right? It's this conflict that like, he has a desire in his heart, and when we know his character, we know the the nature of those desires, but sometimes things in life don't align with that, yet they're still within his unalterable unalterable will. Example, sending his only son to die on the cross, probably not the desire of a good father, right, but, and I say desire out of his nature, his preference. But was it in his unalterable will? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so navigating that can be extremely difficult. And I think when you start adding into the conversation, and I got a message from somebody I was sharing with you before we started. Um, when you start adding into the conversation, uh, people of authority you know, that are speaking almost like, this is what happens, and you know this happens in the church, right? It, people of authority almost speak as God in your life and
1: um and (laughs) smiling i know that very well yes that's why i'm smiling yes yeah
0: so help me help me understand because i've watched you grow an authentic relationship with the lord where you hear from him Mm -hmm. you hear from him and you submit to him and you've also navigated that journey of of allowing people still to have authority in some capacity so Tell me about maybe your upbringing and what that looked like in your upbringing. Like what was hearing from God in your upbringing now having hindsight in the journey you've been on?
1: You know, it's interesting because I don't think I heard from God at all growing up. And that's because I didn't give him permission to speak into my life. And it was because I was, I shouldn't say I don't, I don't think I heard from him at all, but I really don't think I I grew up in very much of a culture that was just so, so loud with, this is the right way to do things. And this is the wrong way to do things. And it was very quickly boxes you in very fast of this is right. And this is wrong. And so what ended up happening was, is that I was giving way too much authority to these loud voices. And I wasn't necessarily able to separate myself close the door, take time and really ask, Hey, God, what do you have to say about this? What do you have to say about this topic? What do you have to say? And, and, and even like TJ, you know, I still, to this day, I still struggle with that of the the loudest person in the room. Sometimes they could say, this is the right thing to do. And you must do this exactly this way, X, Y, and Z. And I would just hundred percent go with that and what they were saying. And never really stopped like I was saying stop to like pray to actually read the Bible and have the Lord speak through those words you know in prayer actually asking I never really went to the word to ask at all
0: so so growing growing up this is what I'm hearing. growing up you know hearing from God whether you consciously knew this or not might have been something like and I'm just asking I'm not saying it is might have been something like hearing from people in positions of authority who are related to the church context you were in would that would that have been your god as as far as guidance it's, exactly you're so you're so good
1: absolutely that was that was my god yes yeah St- strong church authority leaders parents that was that was and i thought that i thought almost What was the point of praying? Because I can just listen to them and they are one with God. I I didn't consciously think that, but unconsciously, that's what I was picking up. Of Like, what's the point of necessarily having my own relationship with Jesus? What's the point of necessarily praying to Jesus? Because clearly they're on this, almost, I equivalated them to the same level. So what's, why do I need a personal relationship almost?
0: And why, like, why do you now, now moving forward in life and fast forwarding through a lot of different experiences, changes, growth, healing, and you look back and you can maybe look at your younger self. If you were to look at maybe teenage version of yourself and say like, this is why you need a personal relationship with Jesus. What would you say? What would you say to them?
1: Oh gosh, I love that question. I would say uh, because because you need compassion, Adelaide, <laughs> you need compassion, and you need to see um, who the true character and nature of Jesus is. Um, and it is so it was just so easy for me to create I mean, uh, it was it, it was just so easy for me to, like I said before, hear the loudest voice in the room and twist the character of God so fast. And so, um, yeah, I, I really, yeah, that's, that's, I'm still working through that, but that's good. That's good. So.
0: And I, I want, I want people to, to, if you're listening guys, like, first of all, thanks for being here. Second of all, please go ahead share this with somebody who needs to hear about having healthy spirituality, who needs um, somebody to speak into their life that's that's gonna say, hey, like, you know, you're not totally crazy. Here's some challenges that are mm-hmm. practically uh, happening with people navigating this journey and uh, and you're okay. But also here's the way, you know, here's Jesus showing you the way. And what Adelaide's been saying is it was kind of like a misappropriation of authority she'd given in life. By the way, mm-hmm. you're not the only one here in this conversation who's done that. Uh, a misappropriation of authority that you'd given. And as a result, you, it led you to not have compassion. Okay. So let me, let me kind of flip this around a little bit, because I think people might understand this same, uh, the same expression said differently. Okay. Not having compassion would be the same as being extremely critical and judgmental. Mm-hmm. And when we are critical and judgmental towards others, it's a reflection of our own uh, self-criticism and judgment towards Mm -hmm. ourselves because we don't understand how God actually sees us. And so we can't have compassion for someone else if we don't understand we've had compassion from God and that we can have compassion with ourselves. And so I think what you're saying when you say, you know, I to my to my younger self, Adelaide to the younger version of of Adelaide would say, hey, the reason you need a personal relationship with Jesus is so you can understand His true character and so you can have more compassion in your life. Well, the reason you need that is because maybe there's a lot of judgment, and that judgment came from somewhere and what i'm hearing is if i put it all together you had perceived that god was extremely maybe judgmental now god is mm-hmm. a judge but being judgmental is different you had perceived maybe that god was judgmental based on who you had associated as god or the voice of voice of god in your life is that true
1: absolutely absolutely and and you begin to um what then ends up happening is is that you begin to think that nothing you're doing is right, and you become hypercritical of yourself, hypercritical of every single action that you take, every thought you make. And you know it's interesting. I'll never forget when we had that first coaching call. Um, I I wonder if you remember saying this, but you said, Adelaide, what would it look like to give your to to give yourself a safe space? in the sense of a place where you wouldn't even judge your own thoughts. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. I was like, what are you talking about? But it was a place of knowing that just because of the grace of Christ, you don't have to judge every single thought as, and then let each thought take it down into like this spiral, this negative dark spiral. And, and that was just like mind blowing for me to not just overly judge myself, overly beat myself up, be super critical of myself, every little thought that came in. And then in turn, I was able to not do that to others. I was able to show more love and more compassion to others.
0: Yeah, that what you're talking about and the understanding that you are not your thoughts, but you have thoughts that you make agreements with. And mm. the strength of those agreements is really what dictates what we adopt as our identity, right? That realization, I'm not sure if anybody needs me to repeat what I just said. That's a big That's a big concept that we're talking about that Adelaide mentioned, okay? It's you are not your thoughts and you have thoughts that you get to make an agreement with you get to make an agreement with thoughts and those thoughts can be of god self or the enemy it's that simple and and so when we make agreements with thoughts the stronger the agreement the more it is a part of your identity and what i mean is the highest form of agreement is i am and so if Adelaide is, is telling me something and says, I am so insert, whatever it is, I hear, oh, there's a very strong agreement that this is a part of who she is, but Holy Spirit can give discernment to the other person in the conversation, for example. And I had some discernment. I remember you in that conversation, I had some discernment going, wait, but that, that's not who she really is. Mm. That's not who she really is. She says that she's that, but there's discernment. Holy Spirit's giving me discernment. And I'm going, that's actually not no. who she really is. But i I can't make that discovery for her. She has to make that discovery for herself. And case in point, that's the need. Or compassion because how can, how can Adelaide have compassion for herself or others if she doesn't even know that her thoughts are really something she gets a choice to make agreement with and that she may have made agreements with things that are actually not a part of her true character hmm. and other people might be saying or doing or acting thinking about acting right they might be acting in a way that's not aligned with their true character. And so it's hard to have compassion for somebody unless you can see the difference between their behavior and who God has designed them to be. Sometimes those two things aren't aligned, right? So as a part of healthy spirituality, Adelaide, something you mentioned earlier, you said, you know, I, I never really went to read the word of God, like the Bible, like this right here. I never, I never went to read it for myself. I always kind of associated, I always associated certain people as the authority rather than the word of God and what he says through the life of the word of God as the authority. So tell me about how you're able to, how you're able to shift from giving people authority in your life to speak into your life as as almost God, right? God's voice mm-hmm. almost. It's like the, the idea of counsel, but it's almost they're God. It's beyond counsel, right? It's, no, these people are God because whatever they say goes, right? So how'd you switch from that to, hey, I can receive from people, but God has the ultimate authority,
1: You know, I would say um, the first was, is that I never, I never prayed the prayer that, Lord, I submit to you. I never prayed that. And I think that was the first thing that I did. And that was the first big shift that happened was, God, that I submit, I submit my will, my thoughts, I submit who I am, I submit it to you. And I think that was a really powerful prayer. Um, and it's amazing how you can grow up in a church and never once pray that. Um, it was almost like let me let me submit to the leaders of the church, but not necessarily to God. Um, so I think that was that was the first that was a really powerful prayer. And then I think it was it was a lot of um, Doing things on my own and running myself into the ground and going, you know, a lot of trial and error. And the beauty of trial and error is that um, I was able to spend a lot of time just like in there was, there's some, there's some really dark seasons. And the dark seasons was when I was able to um, spend a lot of time alone and, in, and, in, back to that prayer, just asking the Lord to really shift my perspective and shift my thoughts to um, to align with His. And, and it was interesting, I started to pick up journaling especially, and I used to, just when I was journaling, it would be very, very brutally honest and very, very open. And then I started to notice that there was thoughts that were clearly not my own that were coming to that were coming in. And I would write that down. And then I would, then I would have, you know, I'd read scripture and the same thoughts would then come through scripture. And at first I was like, I just, I, I didn't know what to attribute that to. And then over time, after working with DJ, I started to attribute that to that. That was clearly the Holy spirit that was actually guiding me in a whole different direction um, and it was cool. So then I was able to start, you know, hearing more and more almost exercising. I like to say it's was exercising a muscle of, of gaining that confidence back that I actually am hearing, hearing from the Holy Spirit. And I would begin to star in the margins when I would hear that a thought that was clearly not of my own and then it would align with scripture. And so I'd say it was it was it was it, it it took time it was definitely over time where I was able to start to you know like the the spirit was just really starting to move through me and I was able to go in align with that so
0: yeah and what I'm hearing too is it's not time alone, but it actually is time alone. It was so, time, yeah. So time itself it wasn't just time itself but in that time you were alone and that was an important part of that process i'm hearing as well as what you did in your alone time uh in that process and okay so just a practical was this a five minute uh moment in your day did this happen over weeks did this happen over months over years like when you say there were some dark times okay, what does that mean? Did you have a bad day or did you have a season where you found yourself having to confront things maybe for the first time and it felt like a long season?
1: Mm, I would say definitely. It was when I was in New York City and I heard very clearly from the Holy Spirit that um, it was time for you to actually leave New York and go to Dallas. And I went to Dallas thinking that it would only I would only be there for a couple months just to to live with my brother to try out a whole whole new city. But it was actually while I was in that city that I then discovered this program called Regents so or Regeneration. And it was at a local church. And that was the times that um it was the first time in my life where I actually didn't realize I had so much suppressed um a a lot of suppressed trauma, a lot of anger that I had never really dealt with. And so it was working through this inner healing program, which I'm a huge advocate for therapy and inner healing. And it was working through these questions, working through these, these books, it's actually different steps. It was based off 12 steps. And so each step, um, working through these steps and spending a lot of alone time, with the lord but thankfully he actually gave me the desire to want to spend more time with him and so that's just how beautiful it was is that he not only was he directing me into this program but conveniently cleared up my schedule because it was in a whole new city and i didn't know a soul and i'm an enneagram seven i like to pack my schedule with as many social opportunities as possible but i didn't have that and so It was a cleared up schedule. It was in a whole new city. And it was at the same time, the Holy Spirit giving me the desire because I didn't have a desire, but giving me the desire to spend time with him, to go through this intensive therapy. That's where the shift started to happen. And then it was so cool because then he started to open up doors for me to get even more additional healing. And one of those doors was working with, with DJ. So I was working with you.
0: And when, and, and when you think about maybe, uh, it's like this desire to spend more time with him, a long time with him, you got a desire to do that. Okay. Were you ever conflicted about that? Like, oh, I should be spending my time elsewhere. i have to think
1: about that um, yes yes there was there was this pressure that i had and I, and it was coming clearly from my from myself but it was this pressure that i needed to be working and i needed to be growing my business and that if i am not if I am idle, like if I'm spending too much time with God, like that's good, but you don't want to spend too much time with God because then that'll take away from growing your business. And so, yes, there was a definitely an, an inner conflict there of am I am I hustling hard enough to scale the business? But then at the same time, I also need to get out and make friends. I can't be a recluse forever. But so, yeah, there was I would say so. I would say so for sure.
0: And What did he do? during that time that you gave to him, while you had that conflict and worry about maybe how to fulfill this ambition that also, by the way, God does give ambition. And when we take it too far, it can become obsessive, right? Mm -hmm. But ambition in a healthy way or or drive, right? Drive is healthy. Um, So when you were feeling conflicted inside, but you chose to spend that time with God. And of course there were those days where maybe you were like, "Now screw this Lord. Like I'm, I'm going to go dedicate my time to work over here. Cause this is what needs to be done, which by the way is wired in a lot of our brains, whether that's how we ought to live or not in that season. Okay. So you said, okay, you know, Lord, I'm going to try and do the best I can to spend time with you. Maybe some days I, choose to lay that down and go work harder than I need to. What did he do with your business?
1: Well, I mean, he, he did, he, he, he was, he has been able to grow it. I will say though, um, when I was in that place, I still had a very, um, just, just not a healthy mind mindset towards towards my business. My business was still very much like I had a very, you know, I had a very bold prayer with God, and I think I've told you this before, but I had the prayer of like God, you're really trying to hold me back in my business, so you can you can focus on this inner healing program I'm going through, but let me focus on my business because I need to grow it on my own. And so I don't think that prayer was. <laughs> I remember exactly where I prayed that, like, you're trying to hold me back in life. You're trying to hold me back in business. And one thing I also didn't share, too, was I was I was angry at God for making me leave New York, like New York was so much of my identity. And and so, yes, I, I, TJ, I'm probably not answering your question, <laughs> but um, I, you know, I, I think I'm have i I've still I'm still in that, you know, I'm I'm slowly starting to. The beauty of, you know, the grace is that God gave me so much grace to continue. He continued to build that business, even though I flat out told him, hey, like, quit trying to hold me back. Let me just do this on my own. Um, And so now I would say I'm starting to get to a healthier place where I'm able to really I'm entering a season of what does it look like to partner with God to grow the business in a healthy, ambitious way. But no, I did not have a healthy, ambitious attitude mindset in the past. I, I would say that, yes, I took it to extreme and I was the obsessed on the expensive side of the scale. So not sure if I quite answered your question, but I'm just being honest. So.
0: No, you did. And you said, you know, he was gracious. He was gracious to allow you to kind of grow and be in your process and he still helped that business grow very much so now i think what i'm hearing is you recognize that his grace is so sufficient that Mm -hmm. you can trust him more as a partner in business rather than uh offloading it all to him or taking it all uh on your own back that's what i'm hearing could not agree more
1: Could not agree more. That's so good. Yeah. But he also, in the process too, he did allow me to go to some dark places with my business, for instance, one, I mean, and, and it's a blessing. It's a blessing that, that I, you know, that I was able that I went there, um, not at the time, but afterwards because I, I, I developed a lot of, as, as I'm shared with you many times before, but I developed a lot of severe anxiety around my business. While I was in Dallas, um, and so, you know, there were times that absolutely I would go straight, would get extremely, extremely anxious, and I would have panic attacks from just all this pressure I was putting on myself to scale the business. So he did allow that to happen, um, but I was, but but I, I see that there's a lot of blessings that came from from those dark places. So.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, even just as you talk about pressure, I think that's such an important topic, Adelaide, you're sharing so authentically, which is amazing. Cause this is what people need to hear. They need to hear the real story, not some like polished, you know, this is who you ought to be. It's like, no, you need to be real. And it's like, uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself because I didn't trust God in the time that he was asking me to spend with him that he would actually take care of these other things like he says he will. And Truly. I've been there, mm-hmm. I've been there and I get it. And I know people watching and listening right now understand that, you know, mm-hmm. that is a real thing. And we have to go through, I think we don't have to, but I think it's important that we go through that to develop the character of uh, having faith, which is confidence in hope. It's different to just hope right God I hope you're able to fulfill what you say you'll fulfill than it is to have confidence and hope which is what faith is confidence that God my hope is that you'll fulfill this because you say you will and I have confidence in that and my behavior changes as a result of that confidence Mm -hmm. my behavior changes how I carry myself what I choose to do with my time Even if it's spending time with you, Lord, I'm not spending time with you while thinking about all these other things, because I'm confident that you'll take care of those things. You know, I've, I've personally experienced that, but I think the element that, you know, you're talking about around, um, the pressure that you'd mentioned is really important. And I think it's important because as we're talking about healthy spirituality and people's Maybe perspective of God. Um, you know, God is a God who has. You talked about anger. God has anger and wrath, and Jesus took that wrath and anger. Like crazy to think about, but like sin's real, and Jesus took the punishment. He took the punishment for sin. Sin has consequence, and it's amazing. Thank God He did that, and that is a part of God's uh, of description. You know, as a judge, He judges righteously. If you're if, if you are on the wrong side of that judgment, then you receive the punishment, and I don't want to receive that, and I'm grateful Jesus did, but I think something that's important is that God's grace is sufficient, you know? He desires mercy, not sacrifice, and so the idea of pressure can be a little confusing because we understand that God is a judge in his role and responsibility, but he also is a father in his nature and his character. And so the idea of pressure, like what is healthy pressure versus unhealthy pressure in your your walk with the Lord and how that looks in your life. If you kind of contrast maybe what you experienced as pressure from old ways of thinking mindset about who God is and maybe what you experience in terms of pressure in more recent ways of thinking and mindset based on where you're at with the Lord now. If you could characterize the two and maybe talk about the difference of what did pressure look like before, and what does pressure look like now, if it's different at all?
1: Oh yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I would say it's, and I always joke, I I I, I bring this up all the time because it's the analogy is perfect, it makes it makes a lot of sense for me. But it's it's walking into a trade show. It's that type of energy. Um, you know, I was in a trade show about a month ago in New York. And unhealthy pressure that I used to put on myself, and I still struggle with this still, is when I walk into a trade show and I, I, every, I tell myself that every single person needs to know about 12 Brand influencers, needs to know who Adelaide Freeman is, needs to know what I'm about, everything I can do for them. And this is why they must work with me. And almost it comes, when you put unhealthy pressure, it comes from a little bit of a force and people can pick up on it. So it's like commission breath. You know, you guys know, like you you know what I mean by commission breath. And so, and and in especially in sales. And so that would be the that would be one aspect of the unhealthy pressure. Another aspect of unhealthy pressure would be also um, would be going into that trade show and being like, I have to out of a hundred booths here, I have to get X amount to close on sales. And if I do that, then I will go to the extreme of I failed. I'll just flat out label it as I failed. And that is so so then you put these unrealistic numbers and 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 set standards that this or set this must happen. Or if it doesn't happen, then you go to the extreme of I I fail. And and I would so that would be unhealthy pressure. I'd say the healthy pressure would be sharing what i have have to offer i want to come and 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 listen first and hear what how can i serve you how can i best fit your needs and if it if it if it's if it a service to you and it's a great benefit great let's work together and then from there i'm going to do my best possible you know work and best possible job but if it if it's not a fit no big deal and let's like let's not waste time and let's move on to something else and so that but there's still a level of like responsibility of active listening and a level of like how can i really help you what what are your needs what are your pain points what can i do for you and if i can't then i'm more than happy to direct you or connect you with someone that can better serve your needs and so I'd say that is more um, kind of, but also taking the, the, the strong expectation: if I don't do X, Y, and Z, then I am going to fail.
0: Type of attitude. So, so good. What it's, I'm hearing it's is a different
1: energy. It's a different energy.
0: Yeah, total different energy. And what I'm hearing is you've gone from like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this, but only if you give me something back. So I'm gonna hold on to it until you promise that that I'm going to get something back in return to hey this is yours you can take it if you want it if it's going to be good for you if you have something to drink this is great to pour in and you can drink out of it but if you don't have something to drink this is probably not the best thing for you and I'm going to make it your choice and this is such the character of God right to say I'm going to I'm going to give you this choice now God does have things that he says hey this is this is how it is the unalterable will right but he gives us a choice. And I know I have a choice just by a simple fact that I get to worship him or not. I get to choose to say, Lord, you're my Lord or not. I get the choice to do that. That's a good God. That's a good father. And so when we approach our lives with that perspective, because Adelaide you, you having that perspective allows you to approach these conversations at work from a different energy uh, with a much more, um, I would say, healthier, you know, approach to, to working relationships at the, at the start, you know, what does it look like to start a working relationship where, Hey, I'm open-handed and you can take this if you want it. And if not, that's okay. This is what it is though. Um, I guess my question is like, how was the pressure that you used to have? And I know still times it can come up and that happens in life. Right. But how is that pressure you used to have? informed by maybe your um spiritual context growing up if at all
1: oh gosh yeah so it would be it was interesting because it would be the pressure not to screw up um like you know going to a very legalistic kind of growing up in a very legalistic environment like if you if you do you know if you do x y and z wrong then then that's deemed a sin and and like there's no grace for that there's no compassion for that at all um heavy pressure to not screw up in in your life will also that same energy then came or that same perspective then shifted into business as well so you can't screw up in business and so then you would put a lot of pressure on yourself to be the perfect Christian. And then that you would also, it was the same, almost believe it or not, it was just like kind of the same narrative or the same mindset of put all this pressure to close a sale. And that was very similar to, I must convince you that I'm a good person. And I also must convince you that you need to work with me for X, Y, and Z reasons. And, and it was all very, um, very, very similar and took me a long time to realize that, that that where it was really coming from so
0: wow i'm like somebody's listening right now and they're just going hold on that hits way too close to home like that <laughs> i can tell like i just i feel that somebody right now is going wait a second that makes total sense to me so that idea of having to prove that you're a good person okay that idea of having to prove that you're a good person is this idea of like you have to be good to get into heaven like good people get into heaven that's actually not what we're told uh you know and and so it's not that um i personally believe like the the full gospel does explain the consequence of sin and grace and redemption and at the same time that ought to lead to transformation where you are a person whose life is characterized by compassion by uh your gifts used uh to the best of your ability and as god has given them to you and generously and all of those things so you know the good works overflow from that but this idea that comes from a religious spirit that is The legalistic mentality that if you fall outside this line uh, of rules, you are uh, outside of the line or outside of the will of God and the pressure that puts on people and, and how many people walk away from God because of that, because they don't have understanding of his grace and mercy and the character of who he is. They only have understanding of sin and consequence, and both are important. Um, I once heard it's like two legs, you know, to, to fully be able to run as we're made to run, you have to have two legs. Otherwise you just stand there, you know? And so it's like, it's important to have both sin and consequence and grace and mercy and have both legs, you know, so you can fully live, walk, run, do the things that we're made to do as you're thinking about maybe what somebody who's grown up in the, in the Maybe context that you've grown up with, where they've experienced a lot of the legalism, um, and I'm not suggesting that this is 100% your experience, but just out of the words that you were using, you know that there's been legalism in their life, that they've viewed God as a God who they need to prove something to. um, What would you say to them? Like, what what would be the most empowering thing that you've had revelation in?
1: I think for me, and, and it's not necessarily for everyone that has gone through a legalistic, um, legalist, has a legalistic background. But for me, the biggest thing was um, that God, that that I'm accepted because I kept, I just couldn't in my head make sense that God accepted me for 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 the way I was created, for some reason, I just thought I was created that when God made a mistake like that God made a mistake on me, and that I just needed to try a little harder, and I just needed to work a little more. And there's just no possible way that I was right here, this time, this place, He could accept and love me for where I'm at. And I think once I got to that revelation that He accepted me and loved me for where I'm at, then I could start to feel a little more safer with him, because I never felt safe with him, and and um and and it, and it's been it's been a journey to get to a place of what does it look like to be alone with your creator and feel safe, and because. That I can journal and be so honest, and I, and as the words are coming out, and and there's parts of me that are like, oh gosh, I can't believe I even had that within me, or I can't believe I even thought that thought. Just the fact that he already knows and he already accepts, um, and that there is that there is grace for that. So that's what I would say. That's the start. <laughs>
0: Wow. And how many people have not felt safe with God because of their experiences of people who have represented God in their life that didn't make them feel safe? Example, a father figure, example, a priest or a pastor, example, a school teacher who taught about uh, God, but did it from the law without the spirit of life in it. And this idea of being able to understand that you can be safe with God, that he is a God of judgment and he does bring consequence and he gives us choice between life and death and that that's a reality. Yet he's also a God who loves us unconditionally, who sent his only son so that we could actually be reconciled with him because of his love for us. That is a revelation that a lot of people are missing. But my question to you, Adelaide is, how do you receive that it sounds nice to the ears and in my spirit in my spirit i know somebody can hear that you know so it's more thought. than just physical
1: would you would you repeat that I, I lost you that part
0: yep so my question is it's nice it sounds nice to the to the ears to hear i'm accepted by god but how does somebody actually go from that's something that i know to that's something that i experience Oh, it's, it's spending time in Scripture
1: and just praying through the Scripture and when um, asking, asking the Lord to really speak through the Scripture. But it's also, too, it's interesting because it's... Um, I don't know if I ever communicated this out loud, So so let's see how it goes. <laughs> but it is when a thought comes into your head that you could, but that, um, you know, you have the choice to take a step back from that thought and to decide, are you either going to choose to believe that thought or choose not to believe that thought? It's like you have to remove yourself from that thought and know that there's two different pathways to go down based on which, you know, are you going to believe it or not believe it? And for me, it was the practice of, okay, a thought has come to my mind and this is an incredibly debilitating thought that will pull me away from God. And I have gone down that path so many times before where I choose to believe that really debilitating thought sends me into a spiral and to a dark place. And I'm just, I, I know the end result and I'm exhausted from it. And that just can't align with the character of God. So I'm going to go to scripture, remind myself of the truth and see that it's actually not, it's a different path that God wants me to take. And that's, it it just, it's a, it, it, it takes practice. It takes practice, but knowing that you actually have voice and to to remove yourself and see the thought almost separate from you, that's really powerful. So
0: that's incredibly powerful. And that is, You just described being transformed by the renewal of your mind. That is the description of being transformed by the renewal of your mind because you at the soul level in your mind are making agreements or not making agreements with those thoughts that are coming. And the enemy wants to attack us in the mind because as soon as he can get a grip right there in the mind, then it can dictate our behaviors, what we choose to do with it. And so all I need, all I need is to believe that lie. I need to believe that lie. I'm looking at this right now. And that lie leads to sin. It says, you may be sure that your sin will find you out. Numbers 32, 23. You may be sure that your sin will find you out, right? In other words, sin leaves us bitter and destroys us. And that day of reckoning always comes, whether it's now or later. That's what sin does because the enemy, the enemy's agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. All he needs to do is get in there and give you that thought, Adelaide. All he needs to do is give you that thought that you're not, you're not articulate, you're not humble, you're not this or that, so that you can't share. You can't share about God's goodness, his faithfulness, his mercy for people to hear. All he needs you to do is just believe that lie so that Adelaide, somebody who I know God has empowered in her life to speak powerfully and from a place of authority and credibility, two different things, that she, that person who God can move through powerfully won't speak. That's what he wants to do, the enemy. He just wants Adelaide to just believe a little bit, just enough so that she'll shut down and not speak, or so that she won't pursue that relationship or so that she'll she'll drive herself into the ground trying to grind herself away at the business you know because of because of a, B and C rational reasons when God's actually trying to do something that would be addressing more of the foundation, something that would help her for the long run, the long term, the legacy that he has for. Her. The enemy just wants us to to come into agreement with the lie so that we go down what Adelaide's calling that second path. And if you guys are listening, that's so important for you to hear, because this is the difference between knowing something and experiencing, right? When you Adelaide said it so well, when you experience the same cycle mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. guess what? Something has to change if you don't want that cycle to continue. And, and so what Adelaide's suggesting is, Hey, you know, it can change is you can actually take a step back from your thoughts and say, I have this thought and this thought right now, or at least I just have this one thought that keeps leading me down this path. And I don't like the path where it ends up in the experience that I have. So maybe I can go to God through a personal relationship and scripture and say, Lord, can you lead me to scripture that shows me your true character? I can come to you open-handed and receive whatever you have to say to me, Holy Spirit but I just need to know because I keep going down this path and it's not the path that you have for me. I know that cause you're a good father. So I'm asking you to show me, and this is where I've sent out a message sharing about this live stream, Adelaide. I don't know if you saw this message, but I said, Savannah and I have gotten to know Adelaide over the years. And the one thing I can say about her is she's so humble. She's so humble. The reason you're able to even take a step back from those thoughts and come to the Lord and just say, Lord, show me your character. Is because you're humble, teachable, right? Teachable, willing to say, Lord, there might be a different way here. Like you're even just willing to say there might be a different way. I believe that's a gift God's given you, right? To be able to come to him and be teachable where he says, hey, you might have experienced this one thing your whole life. And I believe I'm speaking to somebody right now. You might have experienced this one thing your whole life. And you might have believed this about me, God, right? As if I'm speaking on be, on behalf. In this example, right? You might have believed this one thing about about God your whole life. But are you willing to even, are you willing to even suggest or be open mm-hmm. to the fact that it could be different, to the fact that God that you know could actually be different than what you've been taught by the people who have taught you through their words, through their actions through uh, their non-actions, right? <laughs> like, could 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 you be open to the fact that God is actually different than who you thought he was? And I think that is an incredible gift that he's given you that takes the form or shape of humility and the character that you have. And I think people, when you're walking away from this conversation, just need to be asking themselves, like, you know, am I even open to a different God than what I've been taught? Not, mm-hmm. not that God changed because God didn't change. But maybe my perspective of who he is changes because of what scripture says and not what a pastor, a priest, or somebody else who had authority in my life from the past that I gave authority to blindly said or showed me, mm-hmm. right? And I think somebody listening tonight is is resonating with, with that thing in their life. And I want to... Even on this topic, Adelaide, I wanted to bring this up. And I have a couple of questions I'm going to, um, I'm just going to post this to the chat. If you guys have questions, please go ahead and share your questions over chat. We'd love to, to hear answer. But I wanted to bring this up as it relates to the openness to who God is, how, how he moves or a lot of different church language for it. But, um, I wanted to touch on this very quickly. Okay, in your experience, you've talked about just in conversation, having judgment towards others that might have kept you from receiving from Holy Spirit. And I'm Mm -hmm. talking practical example, you show up to maybe a more charismatic community, you know, and you're like, no, 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 that can't be God. These people are crazy. Okay, I personally understand that. I didn't grow up in your church context at all, but I had a lot of that similar judgment. And I remember hearing the conversations with you. And then I also remember your perspective after encounters with the Lord. So what what would you say to somebody who maybe has that same judgment towards others in those situations where they might see things that they're not used to? Uh, where Holy Spirit might actually be moving or might not? What would you say to that Mm -hmm. person? Oh, that's good. That's good.
1: I would say the beauty in life is allow yourself to be surprised. And are you even allowed, I mean, are you just so quickly jumping to conclusion? Are you just going to just give yourself a just be and and I would yeah I would definitely say um there is just don't don't think don't box things in just so quickly or 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 say or tell yourself oh I've already figured this out this is the way it's got to be or this is the way it must be um it's a very dangerous place to be in especially as humans that got this figured out and this way it must be. It has to be this way. It's always going to be this way. I mean that. I think when you when you start saying that to yourself, you've lost. You're stunting your growth, and that is a really that's a dangerous place to be in. Um, especially when, because then what happens is is that then you start to go in the direction of that I've got God figured out. And that's a really, really dangerous place to be in is that I've got God figured out. I've got, you know, and so I just say, always have that curiosity. Allow, just give yourself some place to be surprised. Let God surprise you. And that's what I did. I just gave God, I said, I, I, I you know, God is so good. I, I even told him, I was like, you know, and it was at this conference we were going to, it was back in September. It was August, and it was. I, I told God, I'm very uncomfortable right now. I'm very uncomfortable. This 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 conference makes me uncomfortable. Everyone at the conference makes me very uncomfortable. It was it was a it was a very charismatic type of conference, and I said, I'm uncomfortable. I, all I want to do is remain very c- controlled and closed off, but. There's got to be a reason why people keep showing up here. and And I'm not sure what it is, but I'm open to just opening my mind to understand why these people show up and why they go to the stage and or the altar and why they're why people uh, you know the the leaders of the church come and pray for them and why they fall over and and be slain by the spirit. I just I want to understand why. And I think that's the key. Just allow yourself to understand why. So,
0: I think one of the key factors foundationally for you is that, um, I mean, it's so powerful what you just said. And I think one of the key factors there is that you had spent so much time with the Lord that you trusted him and didn't need Mm -hmm. to worry about being swayed by uh, deceit from others because you were secure in your relationship with the Lord and you knew where to go to find truth and therefore in that situation where you felt there was safety it wasn't just a blind let me go tarot card reading like it wasn't True. that good point it yes, was it was not that. <laughs> it, it was more <laughs> this is a there's, per, there's like i know god is in this somewhere i know that I just want to understand. I'm curious more. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I think that that curiosity can be dangerous for people who have no guardrails around it, but within the framework of this, I believe scripture is the truth. The word of God is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Scripture is the word of God points me to Jesus. And that is the truth. He is the truth. He's the way the life. And I trust him with my life, not other people who Mm -hmm. say that they're connected to him. I trust him. And I think that guardrail is really important. I didn't, I'll I'll be honest, I didn't have those guardrails when I was kind of experiencing my physical encounters with the Lord for the first time. I think I had that in my heart, but I didn't have language for it. Uh, But I wanna highlight it because I think it was such an important part of your journey in developing an authentic relationship with the Lord that you could filter those experiences through truth through scripture and you know that God would show up and highlight and parse out this is truth this is a lie Mm -hmm. this is where you need to go this is not good for you this is not healthy I think those that difference and that trust in him is so important um I wanted to bring up yeah
1: Oh, Go good. well, there was one thing I did want to, to mention as well is that the cool thing was, is that God did give me the opportunity to, to take a to take an action, to make an action, to take a stance. And so I remember that so clearly was I was, it was at like at the charismatic, this very charismatic conference and I was sitting in the tent and they did, they did call that whoever needs prayer come, you know, come to the stage. And so I was able, God, to give me that opportunity to take action, even though I was a little bit freaked out because I was seeing people fall over. <laughs> but I was like, I'm still gonna, I'm just gonna take one step, almost like take one step towards that direction, even though with the God guardrails, trusting in God. And so I was able to take that step, and 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 he he blew me away, blew me away. I had a very powerful encounter that is. Matt that has changed my perspective on the Holy Spirit completely because of that one moment of taking that action, that step.
0: So wow. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I think that is so important, the element of taking action on our part, right? The personal ownership part. Um, I wanted to ask this question. I mentioned it towards the beginning, but I think it's important. I think it'll tie a lot of things together. It's a practical for people who are listening. And guys, again, if you do have any questions, you You'd like us to, uh, you'd like us to answer. You'd like Adelaide to answer. Please go ahead and leave them in the chat. That'd be great. But uh, the question that I wanted to bring up was this one that I got the other day, and it was it, they were asking for my thoughts, but Adelaide, I want your thoughts. Uh, they recently come out of a church culture that was very accountable, uh, but they struggle because they feel the Lord is is leading them to do something and uh they don't trust it since they have so much fear for for not getting counsel so they came from a context a culture where everything got counsel counsel go to this person Mm -hmm. go to that person did you check through with that person and and it can almost be like a bureaucracy at some points um so that was where they came from but but in developing it seems like in developing their own relationship with the lord not that they didn't have one before, but let's call it a, a, a growth in that relationship with the Lord. They're realizing, wait a second, maybe without this context, can I trust what I'm hearing from the Lord if I don't have that counsel, or maybe even just those people to go to, those people I'd given authority to in my life. So they were struggling, being fearful that they're not accountable enough, or they could fall into some kind of lie. What would you say to that person. Well, first off,
1: I, I you know, just going back to the nature of, of who God is, and if if you're sensing, I mean if I'd say if you're if one is sensing fear towards not getting counsel, something's not lining up there. I don't believe mm-hmm. that's from God. If there's an anxiousness or if there's a fear that I must do this, I have to do x y and z in order to get a successful outcome, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that's from God at all. Um, I also believe too, though, that it's really important to, at times when that does arise, where you, you're you starting to question, um, you know, whether discernment is kicking in or, or, or you're just discerning that something is off here to separate yourself from, from maybe the leadership from that group of that, that team and really spend time alone in the world by yourself the holy spirit because the holy spirit is, is um and, and I, i'm preaching myself and i said it says all the time god is not a god of confusion god is not a god of confusion he always 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 in his own timing will share the answer the truth his will the way and if you're sensing that there is something that's coming up where it just doesn't sit right or there's anxiousness or there's fear that you must get counsel or you must do this in order to, you know, then then I'd say that it's time to maybe separate and spend some time alone with your creator um, in privacy, in in behind closed doors, with the Bible, with the scriptures, reading the word, because that is where so much of my revelation has come from, is just alone, reading the Bible, reading the scriptures in the word, praying through, asking asking the Holy spirit to really highlight what his troops are. So,
0: yeah, I think, um, what I'm hearing is, you know, it's, it's not that counsel in and of itself is a, is a bad thing. That's not of God, but it's this idea of when it starts to control you, when it starts to, to, um, almost replace God is when it can be a signal that something is not healthy in those relational dynamics Mm -hmm. and um, you know in proverbs 19 20 listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future Um, you know i think it's important to listen to advice and accept instruction but then before that really is the question well who have you given authority to to give Mm -hmm. you instruction and and advice in the first place and if God is the Alpha and Omega, he's the beginning and the end, he ought to be our beginning and our end and whatever is in between. If you think of it like a sandwich, like, yeah, advice, wisdom, counsel, instruction are all good things, but those things alone outside of God, I can't say that those things are the only piece of the, of the puzzle. You know, having God, the bookends is the most important part. And I, I, what I hear when I hear that is people have been given the meat without the bread in the sandwich, you know, they have been given the peanut butter and jelly, but they got nothing to put it on. And, you know, they'd been eating peanut butter and jelly with no bread their whole life. And now they're like, this feels weird to actually have bread with my peanut butter and jelly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, actually, that's the sandwich. That's how you eat it. You have, you have the bread and then you put the peanut butter and jelly on it. And, um, and I think a lot of people have kind of had it in reverse and they're starting to realize, wait a second, this is this is weird. I don't just eat it out of the jar, but, uh, but God shows us in his grace and his mercy, he shows us how things ought to be. Um, and, and so I really believe that what you're saying in spending time alone with him, especially if that has not been something you've done or relied on is, is actually spending time alone in scripture with the Lord and asking Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I want your beginning and end on this you know, mm-hmm. about this job decision, this relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, I ought to do this with money or, you know, whatever that thing might be, this decision. I want your beginning and end. I don't want anybody else's noise. I want I want you, Lord. I think that is the first and last thing we need to do um, for any anybody who's trying to navigate how to make decisions in life, being led by Holy Spirit while still uh, understanding that advice, counsel, instruction uh, is important. Uh, it's about where it kind of goes in this whole thing. And I do want to mention, too, very quickly is that, um, you know, Adelaide said this a couple of times. I don't know if people have picked up on it. Okay. But she said, I needed to separate myself. Guys, if you've never separated yourself from people who have been the authority figures in your life, mm-hmm. okay? if you've never done that, How can you let God be the authority figure in your life? If you never have consciously said, Lord, I'm willing to give you all authority. This is what Adelaide said earlier. It's another thing she mentioned, which is I submit to you, Lord. My will, my mind, everything. I submit to you. My desires, I submit to you. If you've never done that and you've just lived your life submitting to everybody else because you've unconsciously done that or you've just been afraid to submit to God for whatever reason, like the time is now you can submit to the Lord and he will become authority over your life and he will instruct you on the right paths. He will lead you to true life. And um, and I think for for anybody who's listening in healthy spirituality, it's like, wow, we really, need God to be Lord over our life, to have healthy spirituality at all, like period. We just need him to be first in the last, the, the bread in the sandwich. You know, we need him to be that, um, if we're to have healthy spirituality at all, because he will instruct us on the right paths and, and those paths will glorify him. Those paths will glorify him. So if you're listening, I hope that you can at least take that away, that it is important to get some separation, and not just separation to sit with your thoughts, separation to allow God to evaluate mm, your thoughts.
1: So good, so good, right. yeah,
0: yeah. So what do you have there, Adelaide, just as a cl- couple of closing thoughts, anything practical you want to share, anything that comes to mind for you?
1: Well, I mean, I've said this, I said this earlier and and I'll say it again, just the importance now, especially more than ever, of getting therapy and counseling, because I didn't even realize. I mean, you know, similar to what we were talking about earlier, I didn't even realize that I had a that there was a, a real intermeshment going on. Intermeshment is a is a therapy term, but there was a real intermeshment going on with maybe family, with with the the church culture that I grew up in. That it was unhealthy, intermeshment in the sense of I didn't know where I'd begun, and, and I didn't know where I'd begun, and it ended, and they begun almost like it was like we were all intermeshed, intertwined, and that was very, very unhealthy. But one of the ways I even that God even brought that to my awareness was through counseling, was through therapy to realize that like I need to be my own person while still, you know, my own person with my own thoughts and still. You know, respecting though, respecting family, respecting you know the culture I grew up in, but having that separation is really key. And it was through tools, and I think practical tools like like getting therapy and doing life coaching, which is huge, and and and, and surrounding yourself with um, just really godly influences that encourage you to live out your God given identity. And to be that unique person that God created you to be and constantly reminding you of who you are and your uniqueness and your unique identity in Christ and so forth. So.
0: Yeah. Establishing your God given identity individually and that identity formation process that's so important, which is tied to the idea of getting some separation tied to the idea of understanding healthy boundaries and tied to the idea of allowing God to speak into your identity, which identity guys for real life, what that practically means is how you see yourself. And if you don't have clear lines around who you are made to be in God's original design for you, it's very hard to know what are thoughts that he has for you. What are decisions that are right for you? It can turn into decisions that are based on other people's view of you. It can turn into decisions that are not based on God's will preferences for your life, which he has good plans. Uh, and he may ask you to do hard things, but he always provides, you know, and um, so I hear when I hear Adelaide talking about this idea of uh, of establishing that identity, the separation, the coming to the Lord, to understanding who you're made to be, all of that. It really is important to start with submitting, submitting to him and even just praying that prayer. You know, if there's a place to end This would be your place to begin. If you're on that journey right now, it would be that prayer, that prayer of Lord, I submit to you. I want to submit to you, Lord. I want to just confess it with my mouth and I want to believe it in my heart. I want to submit to you, Jesus. I need your help. I need your help. I want to turn away from my old ways, ways I don't even know that I was living, thinking, speaking, and I want to turn to your ways because your ways are, are better and higher than my ways. And I trust in you, Lord, and I want to build that trust over time. So guys, um, I hope that you were able to receive from uh, from tonight. Adelaide, thank you so much for being here and sharing and being so honest, authentic, and I mean, just so powerful. So I really appreciate you.
1: I'm so happy to be here. I appreciate you so much.
0: Thank you guys. Have a great night and be sure um, to like, subscribe, share. Share this with somebody, share this with one person that comes to mind as you're thinking about, you know, you know this this specific topic and you say gosh you know i really would love this person to hear about this or I they're coming to my mind right now and i don't know what they're going through but maybe this is something that they would find value in um you know just just go ahead and share the link with them say hey this this really spoke to me or this thing stood out and um if you guys are on youtube go ahead and hit subscribe Uh, because that also helps other people know just the like, subscribe, all of that helps other people know that these videos are available to them. So we appreciate you guys. Thanks for being here. See you.